You're listening to the Skift Podcast. On the program today, Skift CEO and founder Rafid Ali talks with Brian Harneman, head of strategy at digital transformation agency From and a pioneer in online travel technology. In this timely deep dive into the state of travel, travel startups, and generative AI, Rafid and Brian get into how a travel startup's position in the transaction funnel corresponds directly to its survival. How generative AI, like ChatGPT, is currently being deployed in travel booking, and how it might be the technology to finally deliver on the promises of customization, especially fixing what Rafit calls the broken travel booking search bar. For more like this and the latest news in travel, visit skiff.com. Hey folks, this is Rafa Tali, CEO and founder of Skift. I another with another edition of the Skift Podcast. I'm delighted to have Brian Harneman, who is the head of strategy of From, which is a digital transformation agency. Uh, Brian and I have known each other since the start of Skift. He is a veteran in the online travel space, really at the at the birth of online travel. We've we've talked uh, many times over the years. He's been quoted and Skift many times. And he and I are scratching an itch on travel startups, which we're going to unpack in a bit. So, Brian, quickly introduce yourself, and then we'll get into it. Hey, uh, thank you, Rafada. As, as you said, a, uh, I'm an old person, uh, so I've been around for, for quite a while. Started at, at uh, Priceline uh, in the early, early days, uh, worked at Kayak. I also have some experience at some startups that were in the planning phase, uh, and we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm the head of strategy at a company called From, uh, New York-based, uh, although remote work company like Skift. Um, we are a digital transformation agency. We collaborate with really big companies, enterprise companies, to help them craft digital transformation strategies to bring them closer to their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, think of it as, you know, customers need to be, you know, make it easy for me to, to work with you, uh, make it work across every device. Uh, and then just keep learning more about me to, to sort of keep me engaged. So hyper convenient. Um, and that's a great way for big companies to not get sort of taken by surprise by entrance into the business that use technology to make better products. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we help. And you work with a lot of different brands, but uh, because of your travel background, you have worked with travel industry companies and now you are um continue to work with them and so you're even looks like you're you're going deeper into the sector you are doing some research independent research around the trip planning phase um in the light of what happened with the launch of chat gpt and and just this boom in ai and what that will spur in terms of the new f- next generation of of travel startups or even just existing travel companies and how they'll they'll use them so the how this conversation got spurred is I, I tweeted as I usually do uh, or posted on LinkedIn around most of the startups that have not been close to the transaction as in the booking itself have failed historically over the years. This has been true in various cycles of internet um, innovation over the years. And will this new phase of generative AI be any different with the new types of startups that will come into the come into the space. So and 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 you and I had an exchange saying you are doing some research on it and have some thoughts on it. So I said, okay, I'll bring you on and let's have this conversation. So give me your top level thoughts and then we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, you know, it's it's moving so fast, right? Which is why it's a great uh, conversation. 
to have. So thank you for including me in the dialogue, right? Um, yeah, I think that if you look at the failure rate, I think it's really easy to understand why you're so far away from the terminus, right? The money that, you know, you can have millions and billions of customer interactions and they don't matter. Um, or you really concentrate on that part of the funnel and you have to sort of partner with somebody who is going to give you a piece of the action, which right. you know sort of makes your take less. You also end up in a sort of a competition with those people that are your supposed partners because they don't want you to get too big because then they right. you threaten them. Sort of that similar startup to enterprise company uh, thing that I just brought up in the intro. So it's very interesting right now. And the question is, can ChatGPT make it more of a streamlined experience and shorten that conversion funnel to make it viable? Um, and I have my doubts. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I guess TripAdvisor would be the only company at scale that was not in, was it, was, was it always, did it, uh, obviously you can book hotels now and, and stuff, yeah. but it was started as a media, which is pushing people to conversion. And so I guess they have the only example of a company that was not in the exact transaction space that was able to, uh, to survive and, and then grow and then become bigger. I think that's right. Uh, you know, like they were the compendium of travel information and they were, you know, somewhere you went elsewhere to book. Right. right. Uh, and over their lifetime, right. That's served them well. They've, you know, sort of persisted, but they haven't been able to su succeed at the rate of the bookings and the Expedia who right. hold the purse, you know, and then can lever down on suppliers in a way example, that yeah. can't. And then Google, obviously, the the Google effect on, which is a whole different story. We can go yeah. go down, but we're not going to. So in um, in the travel startup world, you know, all these social travel planning companies came, um, and there was a lot of things like we want to be the Facebook of travel. And turns out Facebook was the Facebook of travel, and even they didn't really do anything with it. Um, from your perspective, so you said you had two failures before. Yeah. You want to talk about your failures? Well, you bought up Facebook, so we'll start there, right? So when Facebook opened up their application framework, there was a company called Where I've Been, right? Which I is the that. map that was on everybody's uh, page. So I was a founder there uh, and, you know, we had 40,000 users. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, 100,000 users. And then we had millions of users. And everybody had that map. And if you remember, you just put a tack on it. You know, this is where I am. This is where I've been. This is where I want to go. So that's collecting travel yeah. intent, right? right? And then right. if you sort of remember how open the Facebook API was, you could leverage like, you know, where are your friends? Don't you want to go see them? And they kind of tamped down that over time. But in the build of, of where I've been, we collected three quarters of a billion pieces of travel intent with mm -hmm. all the people, wow. you know, playing with their maps. And we eventually went down to the local level and, you know, got into restaurants and, and sort of places of business near me. So it was a very vibrant, you know, sort of corpus of, of data, um, but a bridge too far to transaction, right? So, yeah. you know, eventually that business, um, it was almost acquired by TripAdvisor uh, for $3 million. And then three years later, it was acquired by by TripAdvisor for $3 million. Um, and what happened to that, you know, sort of technology and team, you know, you, you may know better than I, but it certainly didn't make it to the greater uh, Facebook right. uh, and TripAdvisor community. Um, so, you know, great start, you know, definitely a, you know, a, a, a top of the funnel success, 
but did not get that, you know, sort of end of the, you know, the, the transaction, you know, importance that, that was needed for a successful yeah. business. And startups that start, there's a bunch of startups that were also there, some of which still exists is like, oh, live like a local, travel like a local. Right, right. So they would connect you to locals. This was also, um, of uh, you, I guess you could say social startups only because it became popular during the social media era, yeah. the early social networking era. Um, and Walla was one. There was a company named Live Like a Local Assist, which was a company that I was a part of at the beginning, right? Which was a chat, uh, SMS chat, where you know you could sort of send information. Hey, what's the best steak restaurant in? Um, in San Francisco, and it would be able to sort of either find somebody that was on staff that had that information. So great matching technology, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, sort of give you the ability to, you know, sort of get a quick answer from a bot that that we wrote. And that that business became part of conversational um, and was sold in. So, you know, it, it was it was a success in that it you know, sort of perpetuated the technology and gave it to uh, another player. But what it is now, I, again, I can't answer that question. And also, we had a lot of users, um, mm-hmm. but financially, was it viable to find more people for tail cities? Like if, if you came to me and say, you know, what's the best place that, uh, you know, I can find a stake in, you know, quad cities? Um, we don't have quad cities. Yeah. It doesn't pay to have that person waiting, yeah. you know, for that non-scale thing. So it broke down over time because it didn't work, um, you know, on the human side. ChatGPT applied to this might be really interesting, but yeah, the same issue applies on the sort of mathematics of content distribution. If I have a lot of stuff about quad cities, then it then it works. If yeah. I don't, and it has to be fresh. Uh, especially in restaurants and hotels, because, you know, you look at great hotels in San Francisco, you wouldn't want to be caught dead in some of them now, um, you know, versus seven years ago. So you've yeah. got to understand, you know, sort of the dynamics of, uh, uh, of, the, local, of the local business community. But none of them, um, none of them survived, but some of them, I guess, pivoted into local tour guiding type things. And I think the company called with locals, that's out of, I think Amsterdam or something that's there. Yeah. That's basically a tours and activities company that has tour guides on their platform. So a lot of them, either that or they become became actual tour companies, as in multi-day tour, and will take you deeper inside a place. And most of those are sort of boutique type uh, shops as opposed to a scale startup. So none of them that hasn't um, hasn't panned out either. Um, in the in a in a generative AI Chat GPT era. What's your sense of the funnel? Because the idea is one of the things that I've been thinking through is, and Expedia just launched this thing on their site, but yeah. it's sort of shoehorned into, you know, if you if you blink, you'll miss it type placement. Um, at some point, maybe they'll do a more prominent thing because it was just speed that they wanted at this point, which is plan your trip. So OTAs that you worked at in the past, were they ever part of the planning phase? I mean, they thought they were, right? Uh, everybody had sort of the same crappy content that they would license from WCities uh, or some other sort of, you know, content play. And then they would just slap their uh, their brand on it. So that was supposed to be, you know, sort of, you know, now we're planning Destination 2, but ostensibly, 
you know, a planning destination. Uh, it never worked, but right. it was useful for SEO until right. it was clamped down like, oh, this on this site is exactly the same as uh, this on Priceline. So, you know, I did all of that work uh, for Priceline and we had, you know, 200 city guides and, and it was used, but it didn't matter. You know, it wasn't something we ever directed customers to. We didn't buy media and send people to it. Yeah. Uh, if they came across it, uh, you know, because of SEO or they tripped across it while they were on the site, that's fine. We also sprinkled it into kind of what to pack emails, which mm -hmm. are post transaction anyway. So they're not helping me to, to sort of form a decision on whether I want to go somewhere. Yeah, that's just more um, customer customer engagement versus anything else. And nice maybe, to have. Maybe, yeah, maybe opportunity to upsell something, which I know a bunch of folks do now. So in terms of uh, in this age of AI, if planning does come into the booking process, the stuff that I've been thinking through and you've been thinking through, what's your thesis? And you, as you said, you're, you're doing some research on this. Yeah. What's your thesis now? So, you know, as, as, as you said, doing research on the greater travel uh, planning process post-pandemic for the American traveler um, and looking at what customers are doing from, you know, you know, the beginning phases to the end. And I don't want to break it into inspiration and planning and booking because that's sort of what, as a travel person, I would do. I want the customer to tell me what their phases are, where they are in the process and what's hurting them, what friction points they feel uh, as they as they sort of go through this. So I'm doing this with an intern from Fairfield University. Her name is Ainsley. Uh, she's been uh, a great part of the product. I want to make sure she's on the, on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and, you know, what we found is, you know, everybody is doing this sort of planning or information uh, exercise almost the same way, right? So they're doing, you know, they start at Google, uh, where to, what should I do at destination? So they sort of start to look at, uh, destinations, older people. And sort of most of the folks that we've talked to have been 35 and up mm -hmm. don't really understand that they've transitioned from travel email to social, but clearly they're getting inspiration from social feeds rather than their travel emails. They get emails, but they don't, they don't resound with them. They don't care about them, mm -hmm. um, you know, nearly as much as, as it used to. And I'm sure that's not news to you. Mm -hmm. um, so again, email, nice to have, not a big deal. So they start to sort of collect a compendium of information and they start to share it with the people that may or may not be on the trip. Right. So the first thing they do is figure out where they're going to go. Then they figure out what week you know, that they actually can go. So if you're collaboratively planning, this is a huge pain point, understanding that, you know, you or Fat have, uh, you know, a free weekend, um, you know, in, in, in May is important for me because that's the one that we can laser in and say what's available for us in the destination we've chosen. And then, you know, any, anything from sharing a Google doc, a Google sheet to using the Apple notes app yeah. where they're sort of just throwing all this stuff and it's not, you know, it's not elegant, uh, it's not, you know, at all, um, you know, generally usable. It's just basically thrown in there. Like, you know, they're, they're yeah. just catching it, uh, you know, and sticking it somewhere. So there's a whole mess of information that people, um, you know, sort of grab it can be pictures. It can be links. It can be, you know, full cuts of, uh, of text and they just throw it somewhere. And then, and that's what they use to sort of plan their time, uh, at the, at the destination. And so, do you think the travel planning phase, let's call it that, 
just yeah. uh, um, can be sh- shortened in an AI where the AI agent, and for now, it's we're still going to the agent to ask questions. At some point, it'll become even more easier, as if like you, you know, at some point, it'll become you just speak to it and it will gather information for you and bring it back to you based on the on your personal history of preferences etc that phase is coming for now it's still very one-sided if you will they don't know that much about you they're giving you information yeah I, i think that that has a real potential to be impacted positively right so you know where you even before i get to sort of that compendium of information mass you know the that that personal corpus that i'm putting together like where should i go in may uh, and I'm traveling with two of my three kids, right? My, my daughter who's 17 and hates everything. And my son who's 15 and eats everything. Like <laughs> what, where, where should I go, you know, for, for that? And that, that could be really interesting from ChatGPT because it'll, it will find really important, again, fresh content. Um, and it'll, you know, so there'll be trends that'll be sort of surfaced based on, you know, what it sees. You know, right now that's a problem because ChatGPT cuts off at 2021, I believe. October 2021, um, yeah. Yeah. So that that needs to be, you know, sort of, you know, present day and trained the right way. And as an aside, Expedia actually has put together the, the rails of the right type of experience. They have a content sort of uh, council where they're sort of thinking about what goes into their corpus and, and what it means and how people can access it. So they have the right governance strategy, which is really important, I think, yeah. uh, on an ongoing basis. So, but it'll be able to sort of penetrate that and give me a, a quick answer. So it'll at least stop me from, you know, going, you know, wide on the places that, you know, I might want to go and it'll get me laser focused. The the other piece that I think is really important, and I think it's actually solved to an extent today, is the search part. So again, girl, 17, boy, you know, 16, you know, what hotel and that actually, and Expedia's, uh, you know, bot does a good job of saying, Oh, you're going to Newport for Easter weekend. You have teens. It told me go to the Newport Marriott, which is where I'm staying or go to the hotel Viking, which is great, but it's really expensive. And those are the two choices that they gave me so that I didn't have to look across the entire, you so know. So you actually used it to book. So you, 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 you actually I didn't used use it. it to book. I used it okay. to, I used it to, to check Plan. what Expedia was doing. And okay. I'll tell you that those two choices are exactly correct based on my okay. knowledge of, of, uh, of, of the market. And the interesting thing that, and this is really important, I think, what they did was after I did that search, like, again, show me hotels that are good for teens, girl, boy, blah, blah, blah. It came back with those two. And then after it came back with those two, it said, we put it, we made us, we started a trip for you. So it actually started a, you know, sort of a catalog trip that I can then look at. And it has other, other things in the, in the market, restaurants and sort of things to do already in front of me. So it's, it took their entire world and shrunk it down to something that's important for me. Now, what it didn't do, and this is a problem, is I want to go somewhere for Easter brunch. Okay, here are some places that you can go. So it told me, again, based on my knowledge, here are five places that you might want to go. The mooring, the white horse, like, you know, this, these, these are, that, that's right. And I said, great. Can you make, can you tell me who has open reservations? No. Yeah. So even this where, you know, you're still in the, in the travel funnel, but you're getting closer. 
it lacks the connection to real-time availability and data. So you're yeah. not getting a piece of the pie. You're just basically making me feel better. Customer engagement, very high. Customer satisfaction, high. You know, my my basket of goods as far as Expedia is a big fat zero. Yeah, well, though, so that if it was on ChatGPT, it would open up Open Table. Okay. But on Expedia, which is where you were, yeah, Expedia is restricted to Exped- because because ChatGPT has these plugins that includes Expedia, OpenTable, right. OpenTable owned by Booking, which is the competitor. I mean, as a larger company, they're they're they compete, um, and so interesting. But in a in its own brand experience, which is Expedia brand, it won't take you to OpenTable because it doesn't. They don't have a Booking can't, offering. Can't, can't make the connection. Um, can't make the connection. So, which is the thing that. Uh, and we're moving off a little bit on the startup side to the larger company side is inter- all all these plugins are basically building OpenAI's brand. Yeah, GPT's brand. It yeah, maybe they're of, the super app you guys are chasing, right? Yes, yes. The the Chad GPT becomes a super app of travel or super app in general, yeah. uh, which people have been doing. The interesting part. This is just a total. Again, another side is imagine if if it launches within Google Maps. Be very interesting because Google Maps. We have done stories. We we did a deep dive a few years ago. Dennis did um, on Google Maps as the super app that we've been dreaming yeah. of yeah. because it has become uh, that for a lot of our use cases of of stepping outside the house. It's basically a super app for us as we step outside the house yep. for for anything. And imagine if it's if if Google Bard or whatever whatever that shape takes form. And, and that's been that's been coming up in the research as well, right? So the way I start the search process is almost always a kayak, right? I don't generally, a lot of, there's a lot of distrust on the OTA level, just because I don't know why they're bringing me back the, the, uh, the results that they are. There's, there's sort of, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that. But people do the, do the initial, you know, sort of search a kayak, come back with the list. And then one of the problems in search is, I get a list. Now I got to see where these things are in the map. And they don't always use kayak. They use Google Maps all the time to find the stuff in Google Maps. Now, the problem with Google Maps, there's like all these big, like little fixes that really annoy people. So now I'm on Google Maps and I'm looking at hotels in Savannah where I'm going in, in two weeks, three weeks. And the Savannah hotels are showing me tonight's price. So I have the little badge and it's like, you know, $79, you know, oh, that sounds good. And then you look and it, no, it's not $79, Brian, it's $279. Cause you know, we're showing you the wrong date. Cause we don't know enough about you in the transaction. Yeah. Process. Yeah. yeah. Which pisses people off. Um, so I do that. Then I do the map search and then I get down and then I start to deal with the price search. So now I've got three layers of searching and chat GPT could be really instrumental in streamlining that down. Now, again, to your earlier point, I don't think that helps a an, a startup entrant. That's somebody who already has scale where they can just make the experience better. Kayak and Expedia getting into ChatGPT now is the right thing because somebody could use it to fundamentally make a better search. Um, and, and Paul English has been talking about this for months already yeah. where front search is, is still broken and frustrating. Um, you know, ChatGPT can make it a conversation rather than, you know, uh, you know tapping my keys uh, on the on the computer. That's annoying. This isn't. So one of the things I've been saying at 
Skift, I've been writing this since, I guess, 2015 or something, where the, the travel search box that has been there for since whenever online travel got invented is broken. And people said, what do you mean it's broken? And it and I couldn't explain it until now where conversational AI becomes the language that you and I interact yeah. with, with digital in digital realms. And it's broken because we have to learn how to search versus just say it. Yeah. And I think that's the paradigm that I think why I've been very excited about. And we've been saying when I wrote it in 2015, the idea was the early, the first chat bot 1.0 days or the messaging, the, what, the WhatsApp and the other boom that happened, which is that would become the norm. Right. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Chatbot chat 1.0 didn't play out in travel. Voice search didn't play out in travel. Remember the when the early days of Alexa and others? Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly the messaging as in WhatsApp and others just became a customer service tool, not a booking tool outside of China. It really never became China, WeChat and others. Um, and, I, and I wonder what WeChat is working on because it'd be very fascinating to think about. Yeah. Like the, the, They can supercharge. Like They're already the lingo in, in a giant in country and imagine what they could do with AI capabilities of the, of the new form in there. I'm sure they're using AI for a long time. The, the guys at Skyscanner, and this is an old conversation, probably, you know, 2015, uh, before they were, they were purchased, right? Um, 50% of their searches were voice, right? And that's because they wow. were 50%, you know, and they were heavily predicated on international search because a lot of their users were, you know, in, in Asian countries where they've got 72, you know, however many characters in kanji to use. It's not easy to do a travel, you know, sort of, uh, you know, query with my keyboard. So people were using search and Skyscanner was, you know, sort of on top of that, uh, mm. on top of that trend. You know, know when we put it in, 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 you know, the, in the U.S., it was, it was a novelty. It was just to show that we could do it, you know, that uh, no one cared. Um, but yeah. there it was a utility that people needed because it was just so damn hard to get, you know, a fully sort of functional um, you know, travel query, you know, into the, the, the travel box. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, so in terms of if the startups that are looking travel startups in generative AI space, or should they, will, will they end up in the same debt pile as in like, they're either too far away from transaction. Um, you know, there's a bunch of smaller apps we've been covering yeah. that have popped up over the last three months on these, uh, some of the existing, obviously the larger companies are playing Expedia and Booking, but what about the startups in this space? Um, it, it seems it's a very hard one still. It's so it's so hard, right? So, and, and by the way, after our discussion on on LinkedIn, right, a lot of people, you know, reached out to me and I've, I've been having conversations with folks that are, are doing good, interesting work that just may not, may not scale, right? Um, they're not going to get that escape velocity to sort of have a consumer brand. They're going to have a feature that is usurped or just, you know, basically, you know, built into to what somebody else does. Um, th- there's no way that a company now that isn't part of, you know, Google, Expedia, Booking.com is going to have the product economics to make anything viable. They, they they certainly won't have the marketing might to do anything. Right. So then they they have to get the breath of um, you know life through viral, which 
I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. ChatGPT has gotten the viral breath, but they're not going to share their, their, their world, right? They're going to become part of uh, other infrastructure. And, and if you build something on open AI, you run the, you know, you run the, the Twitter problem where you have yeah. you know, all your plumbing run through, you know, a, a landlord who may or may not be easy to work with in the future. Yeah. Um, so I don't think so, Rafat. I think it is basically they're going to get good at something. They'll either get bought or they'll get copied and they, and they won't matter. Um, you know, the, certainly in hotels, there's no way that anyone's going to be uh, puppies here. Uh, there's there's no way that anyone's going to be um, meaningful uh, to travel companies and, and you know, they're not going to pay for, you know, either top of the funnel inspiration advertising or, you know, share a meaningful amount of economics at the, you know, at the transaction. They're mm. just not going to bother because 50 yeah. percent of the market, you know, is going to be or more in the online market is going to be in the big guys. Now, the the, the company that I, I look at as a startup which is hysterical because it's been out there for so long, is TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor has a corpus of content that's unique and differentiated. Mm-hmm. It might be somewhat dated. Yeah, it's dated, but it's also already probably... Do they allow... I mean, is Chad GPD already trained on TripAdvisor data? I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't, And it's certainly not through the Expedia relationship, right? Because they're not, they're not part of the yeah. same house anymore. So yeah. th- they've got to be working on it. Uh, and that could be interesting because TripAdvisor has the ability to do direct connects with hotels. They have the ability to do, you know, sort of La Fourchette, you know, reservations. And, you know, to the right. extent that I don't know how uh, brisk the competition is in that market between OpenTable and, and them, but they at least have the lines of communication. Yeah, yeah. That could be interesting. And, you know, again, it's not this. If you think about the the search, the search part of it, it's not find me a hotel in Newport. It's find me a hotel in Newport with these weird characteristics, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and we, when we worked at, um, uh, when we were working on uh, where I've been, the, the piece that I always talked about was find me a hotel in the Caribbean that is good for, um, you know, great, great restaurants and has on, you know, horse riding on the beach, very disparate sort of needs. Right. And it's gotta be out there somewhere. Yeah. And you just need to bring it together. Yeah, so. and that just requires one of the other things that I've been thinking through, like this is the, the challenge and you brought up that at least it has a unique corpus of content. Most travel companies don't. It's all commoditized listings. Right. And so nobody really has a unique level of content. Then the challenge becomes if, if we don't have unique content, how do at least we can do unique matching? Meaning we just said, which is based on my attributes, can I give you the two places that are there that that are exactly what you're looking for? Yeah. And that's where I think the hardest challenge is in terms of, but it's where AI will have the most effect. To the extent that customers know how to use the AI, right? So that's the whole the whole dialogue about knowing, you know, becoming a programmer for chat yeah. AI, you know, is... Problems engineering, yeah. Right? So the, yeah. there's a great example out there uh, has nothing to do with ChatGPT or, or OpenAI. It has all to do with finding what you want. Uh, and you know who Joel Embiid is? No. So center for the um, um, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And he's a big guy who operates close to the basket. But he wanted to learn how to shoot uh, a 
uh, a jumper. So he wanted to change his game and sort of extend out to the basket and shoot three pointers. So he's like seven foot one. He's from Cameroon and he starts searching on, on YouTube, you know, jumpers, good form. And he doesn't see what he needs. Right. So, you know, you know, show me how to shoot a jumper still doesn't get. And then he's like, Oh, I know old white guys shooting jumpers. And that's what he put in because he needed the extra, you know, sort of declarations to say, because if you've ever played basketball with like 40 year old white dudes, like they can't do anything, but there's always one guy who can shoot, you know, and has exactly the right form. And that's what he did. He searched that corpus of video, learned, you know, keep your elbow in. This is what it needs to look like. And now the guy can shoot three pointers and it completely changes game. He's up for the MVP this year. So learning how to search and training customers, which is always the hardest part, changing customer um, yeah. uh, behavior is is extraordinarily hard. Is a big part of you know OpenAI's success, you know possible success because yeah. I've got to know how to get the right stuff out of it. So that's there's a maybe there's an educational uh, part of it where somebody will be useful from a from an influencer standpoint, like you know here's how this works, and they become a followable source. Yeah, interesting. Um, Very interesting. But I don't know that it's a, a startup. Yeah, one of the other things. I mean, I I don't know if this is a technical term, but I call it directed search, meaning you give me examples of how I should search, and this will be very useful in the conversational AI world. You can already see this in Bing. If you go to the Bing chat, it it it, it gives you examples of the types of things you can query it for. Yeah. Or, or even if you start asking it a question about a specific thing, it gives it an answer and says, do you want to f- have these follow-up questions? So I feel like, I don't know if this is technically uh, the term, but I call it directed search. But this is where I think a lot of, and I'm guessing this is where your agency will work on, is to create these types of experiences that lead people to the right answer, which is a big challenge that hopefully... You know the, the the promise of personalization and travel that was the promise. It sort of never really came, yeah. but um, but looks like at least we will have a better shot at it this time. Yeah, and and look, booking and kayak. You know, to the extent that I know what they're doing, which is not high. Um, they've been talking about personalization and spending a lot, and they have really smart guys working on. You know, if I search for a hotel. And I'm, you know, at the computer that I use at the, you know, the, you know, the, the lat long that I normally am, show me one thing, you know, show me another if I'm on a business trip, because clearly I'm searching for my next business trip. Give me, you know, stuff that, that, that suit may suit my needs. Right. I don't actually see that in the product, but I know that that work has happened. So there's a lot of smart data. There's a lot of smart guys playing with that data to make a better customer experience, but I've never felt it as a user. And clearly I know more about what goes on behind the hood, under the hood than, than anybody else that's coming in the, you know, normal customers are coming to the site. Right, right, um, right. So does ChatGPT make it easier uh, to sort of find that because they're doing the matching based on what I want because I tell them what I want rather than what they sort of divine or into it. Um, yeah. It should be a better experience. It should be fascinating. One of the companies we didn't talk about, which, which I'm very keen on what they're, um, Play will be would be Airbnb. They are mm-hmm. a natively a technology company um, out of Silicon Valley. They really are out of Silicon. Like it cannot be a more Silicon Valley company than Brian and Joe and uh, Nate's story. And and Sam Altman invested in Airbnb. Yeah. It was a, Airbnb was a Y Combinator success. He personally invested in Airbnb. Obviously, made I'm sure made a bunch of money. 
and and Brian and him are close. And if you look at Chesky's tweets, um, he he tweets Sam a lot. He retweets Sam a lot. So they're very close. Um, so uh, and he and he's also tweet, uh, teased on Twitter. Chesky has that they have a new homepage coming or new sort of experience coming. Yeah. And so it'd be very interesting to see what their play would be. Um, and they're always about usability and design. Their whole, obviously, thesis has always been that. So it'd be very interesting to see what they come up with uh, in the travel industry that could be the right UI and UX that, or at least would be a crack at it that nobody else has had yet. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what they did over the pandemic, where they saw their search changing, right? So I think it was 5% of the searches were uh, from big cities and went from 10% to 5%. So they they saw like people are searching all over and they're more in the inspiration phase because people want to go somewhere and work there, you know, for a month. So they made it all about flexibility and inspiration immediately, right? They had 100 changes that they built you know, yeah, into their site. Um, and they did, they fought the war on two fronts, right? Because they knew that people were looking at other places, but they also had um, inventory problems in the places that they were now looking. So I had to recruit, <laughs> you know, where these people were going. So they, I mean, they were completely unafraid and built really, really fast. And I think that's part of their culture. I think that, you know, they want to make the user first. And although everybody else talks about user first, big public companies do not have that ability to take risk. Now, Clearly, Airbnb is a big public company, but I feel like because of their uh, their upbringing and because they still have those same folks kind of running the show, right. you know, maybe they still dig in and, and get gritty here and say, you know, the search that we just updated and did a really good job of making it of the categories that they did right, yeah, the fifty whatever. I think there are more categories now of the of, right. of uh, types of stuff, and they use NLP and AI a previous version of NLP and AI for that. And now we'll see in the generative AI world what happens. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, Brian, and um, we could go on talking about, sorry, you were, you uh, yeah, one more point. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so you just talked about sort of the, the, the filters that they have or the classifications that they have up at the top. And one of the big things that, that we found, and, and this has always been true, is customers don't understand how to use filters. So we're sorting, right? You yeah, know, so yeah. 15% of the people that use Kayak use it. Nobody that we talk to does anything but use a filter for sorting. Kayak, by the way, people don't realize this. Kayak was a pioneer in this. That's what we. That's why we were what we were, right? We I allowed remember. you to change, change I the remember. Yeah, I remember like early days in Kayak and there was Site 59, right? Site fifty nine was also yeah they had they had sorting they had the and filters uh, yeah filters and I said wow this and, is and this they were good at, at, at different content right that was their other play right um, yeah. so adding more filters or adding more classifications to the website adds to the cognitive load and it won't help users find what they want because most users don't know how to use it anyway so now mm-hmm. I just have more stuff that I don't know how to use <laughs> so if Chat GPT can make that easier OpenAI can make that easier by sort of taking the filters and the sorting out of my face and just sort of doing it based on filters that I declare when I search, that's way better. Um, and I actually think if you, if, if I had to guess what a company like Kayak does, or if I had to guess what a company like uh, Airbnb does, filters and sorting were a, a fix that we tried to promote because the, you know, the, the, the travel search part of any OTA was hopelessly broken. Mm. But now our fix has become part of the problem. We need to fix our fix. So yeah, inherently that makes sense to me that 
filters and sorting go away. Maybe you keep price sort because that's, you know, something that I already know how to use, but anything else gets blown away. And now it's part of the, um, the, uh, the, the search declaration. And if I can train customers on my website to do that, I'll get them closer to, um, you know, the, the, the information or the inventory that they need and my conversion rate will go up. That's how they win. That's how this persists. Conversion rate goes up. Customer experience gets better. Um, and those are the fixes that will, you know, sort of, you know, become part of the traditional online travel user experience. But it is, it's a great time to talk about this. It's just a great time. And we could keep on talking, but we, this just reminds me, we should do this more often. And we'll, we'll, we'll probably, we should make it a series at some point, like Brian and Rafa talk every six months about travel startups <laughs> or, or the, the state of online travel. Well, thank you. This has been fascinating. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for all your wisdom. It's just the most fascinating time to be talking about all of this, which is the exciting part. So thank you, Brian. Very, very good to talk to you as well. Take care, man. This has been the Skift Podcast. Thank you for listening. 